Welcome to episode 438 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. Yes, it is a Sunday. No, he is not wearing his Pat Did Scary hat. It is Russell John the Fisher. Man. I really thought about wearing it. It's just too hot. It is a little warm. Yeah. It's a little warm today. Um, I will tell you, though, sometimes I, it's, I, I like wearing a hat on a warm day. No, you don't. Yeah. Really? Why? Yeah. I just didn't. I'm not wearing a hat right now because I don't like it with the uh, earbuds. Yeah. With the phones. With the cans. It'll warm your brain up. No, I just, you don't like that little sweat brow? No. Also, I th- I've, I've got a pimple. i got a couple of, uh, pim- I think that's from my hat. Oh, yeah. In the heat. Yeah. Do you, you got to be cl- careful. Do you clean your hat? Do I clean my hat? Yeah. Is there, is that a thing? No. Yeah. I mean, y- I wouldn't say that it's not a thing. Uh, you can like, you know, if, if depending on the material they hat, you know, if you want to give it a, a little brush, a little comb. Nobody's you know? doing that, right? The people that you know, no, you know, people. T- I I, uh, I have a particular set of um, pair of tennis shoes that I like to keep manicured. That's different. People walk differently in shoes to not fuck them up. Yeah, yeah, where they do the the like marching in a yeah. Yeah, there's there's an area there's an area at work where sometimes I'll um I'll take little strolls during the workday, um, whether to go fetch something or just, you know, kill kill a few minutes, get a couple steps in. And there's a period uh, there's a pathway that I have to go through grass and I, I do not like doing that in the in my um show shoes as I call them. <laughs> Who are you showing them to? Myself. To work? Yeah, no, they're just a nice pair of shoes that I don't want to get, you know, grass and dirt and filth and earth on these shoes. Yeah, I'm talking about when people don't try to bend the toe. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, like our buddy who survived the mall shooting, Chuggy. Shout out to people who've been listening for four well, years. Chuggy, Chuggy is what you would describe as a sneakerhead. Yeah. I'm not a sneakerhead. I just uh, appreciate things you that I dabble. appreciate. I try. I dip. And a dabble. You know who dips and dabbles? The man over there in Atlanta, Georgia. Back from his extended vacation as he was on assignment uh, for the Overlook Hour and only for the Overlook Hour. He will explain more. It's Randy Michael Stan. That's me. Good to be back. Uh, before we get into that, I will just say that I have put my, I have a white hat that I throw into uh, the laundry when it gets sweaty and kind of gross. So people do clean their hats. Yeah, and by people, clean. I mean me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to keep all your white shit very pristine. Your head shaved. Otherwise, <laughs> the boys are going to get mad. Randy always sure. uh, viewed you as a black hat guy. <laughs> yeah. I usually what am. Mater- but- what material is this white hat? I don't know. Just your standard, like, ball cap material. Okay. Okay. You know? See, I uh, I try to... I like I like nylon hats, man. They're the it, you know it's the best material. It's breathable, it's lightweight. Uh, it's very good for these hot days. You give me a nice nylon hat on a day like today, love it. I'm gonna <laughs> right after when I take these cans off, I'm gonna substitute the cans for a nice nylon hat, and I'm gonna have an excellent Sunday afternoon. Also joining us over there, I don't know, Oksana, We have to name your area now. I don't even know what to call it. I can't even see you. You're blocked. How big is that screen, by the way? Oksana Valeria Novo, Sachi. I'm behind the wall. Behind the wall. <laughs> is that the a, scepter wall. Is 
that a USSR thing? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what the, what this one's made of though. It's not uh, iron. <laughs> it's always. I mean, I we're know. never not going to get something when we go to it. It's always something. Iron. What the hell are you talking about? Iron curtain. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. This. I'm saying this is not iron. So. <laughs> Oksana, how are you? I'm hot. Um, but I'm not angry yet about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I, I, it's it is warm. I don't, and I think we're gonna be okay. Um, it looks like it's gonna get cooler uh, tomorrow. So yeah, I think the big thing is just you know the sunlight. The sunlight is what kills you because honestly, it's like eighty degrees, but with the sunlight, it feels like it's eighty-seven, ninety. As long as there's like some air movement, like. That's there's all just, I need. There's not a ton right now. Nope. But no. uh, the thing is, is like just block the sun. And those blackout curtains is the best thing you could ask for. So that's what I'm doing, uh, trying to prepare my Yeah, quarters. I think I put mine on the wrong way, though, downstairs. <laughs> well, because one side is gray and one is black. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the darker color will attract the sun. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I have the black side facing out because Oksana liked the way the gray looked in the room. And I feel like they get, they fucking fill with the power of the sun and start to like heat that room up because uh, you have it the other way right you no have i have it the exact way oh really i yeah. thought yours are gray they're gray on both i think they're gray on both oh okay i was but i Clark but i would have done i would have done that yeah right it felt yeah. it felt correct well it keeps it all on that side yeah, yeah. And you don't want it completely black in there i don't know yeah they're blackout curtains you black it out with the black <laughs> we'll see you next week <laughs> All right. Ooh, ooh. What? Indigestion just went right up in my chest cavity. And for <laughs> half a millisecond, I was like, oh, heart attack. We did it. No, nope, it's just so wait, indigestion. I, I was out of the room when you um, got Randy on the call. Randy, how was your trip? Did you do anything? For, you normally do some like dorky ass shit. I bet you did <laughs> something really cool this time. You probably went to go see a hardcore band, drank a beer in front of their face, said fuck straight edge. Did you have sure. a nice hot dog? Uh, did I? No, I don't think I had any hot dogs while I was out what there. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> I had, uh, one night in Astoria, we had Stand. sushi. Oh. Yeah. And then what did, oh yeah. Then the second night we went to the, uh, Mineta Tavern, uh, near the comedy cellar. It's like an old New York, uh, spot. And then we went there before we went and saw, uh, comedy at the Fat Black Pussycat, the, Smallest, I think, of the rooms at the uh, Comedy Cellar uh, in New York. We saw Ronnie Chang. Uh, he closed it out and was uh, very funny. Everyone else was very funny, too. We also got sat in the front row, which I wasn't stoked about, but uh, they oh, asked. Boy. And before I said no, Madeline said yes. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, me, Marbles was there tight. Me, Madeline, yeah, and her boyfriend. Uh, we all went, and uh, it was a good time. It was fun. Did he roast you? Did y'all get picked on? A little bit, yeah. He uh, he was making fun of everyone in the front row that was wearing shorts. Uh, luckily, I wasn't wearing shorts. I was wearing pants like a gentleman. And then he also uh, made fun of the fact that the three of us were all sitting next to each other and we're all wearing glasses. It's like three people in the front row all wearing glasses yeah. and together. So, yeah, <laughs> He's like the three Jews up here all wearing, <laughs> all wearing glasses, dude. This was well, the, uh, Randy the host that was making fun of us the, the most. No, he's trying. He's working. Um, before that, I also, which I won't talk about because we've uh -oh. discussed the movie plenty of times, 
known as my favorite horror franchise. I saw uh, at the Metrograph in the Lower East Side, I saw a print of Final Destination 1 before we got food and then went to the Comedy Cellar too. So solid, solid Saturday. A 35, a 35 print? Oh yeah, it looked really good too. You could tell it like, you know, had probably been played a couple of times, but um, it's pretty, pretty pristine. And they played it. I bet it looked better on 18. Well, are you, are you getting ready for the new one, Randy? Yeah, I don't know when it comes out, but I'm yeah. down. There's a new one? Yeah, it's coming out. Why? Why not? We need yeah. more. Ah, do we? Yeah, we well, do. Well, Saul's back. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, that's true. Saw 10, baby. X. Also, I have a... Uh, X. As I was listening to the episode earlier, I have a correction. Abel Ferrara has lived in Italy since the 9-11 attacks in 2001. So I was not going out there to go visit uh, Abel Ferrara. Oh, I couldn't enjoy that He anymore. moved post-attack? I think so, yeah. Yeah, what a coward. <laughs> he just ran? No, I don't. New Stand your ground. Good dude. for you, Abel. <laughs> Well, so I was, uh, unfortunately, I was not on the Titan submersible, but um, here's my, my joke that I wrote, which is now incredibly way too late. So the, the CEO, Stockton Rush, kind of a weird name, right? Been to Stockton several times, but never was I in a rush to get there. Thank you, Randy. What? Wait, I need... <laughs> Who? <laughs> <laughs> the CEO of the Titan, uh, the submersible that uh, crashed or whatever, uh, his name was Stockton Rush. And Stockton is a terrible town and no one should ever be in a rush to get there. That's a joke. Yeah, it's, al- it's always good when, uh, you know, people receive your jokes with, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know his name. I just knew everybody was happy he died. Sure. Right? That is that is the zeitgeist. I'm not the happy that anyone dies. No, it was tragic. It was great that we were able to make fun of it for like a half hour after <laughs> the fact when we recorded with the Gear Brothers for two hours. Also, you know, a lot of people reach out and they, and they kind of, you know, their voice gets a little quiet and they go, yeah, I listen to the show every week. But, you know, usually when you have a guest on, I, I don't know, I don't, unless I've seen the movie or something. Hey, if you're one of those people, go listen to that episode. It is literally just me and Clark hanging out. Clark had so much fun, he just blew open the time limit. Also, guess what? If you're one of those people, go fuck yourself. (laughs) How about that? Oh, uh, Randy, real quick. Did you have any travel problems? I know the airlines are like melting down right now, but you seem to be doing fine. I think I flew out early enough before there was weather and a bunch of delays and cancellations and then... This morning, I think early to bed, early to flies. Exactly. (laughs) And I think there's probably less people flying on the second. I assume a lot of people probably took the long weekend and are flying home later. So I think I avoided most of the issues. Well, good. I'm glad. It's definitely not because you're reptilian and very privileged with your bald white head. Anyway, Randy, Randy, do (laughs) do you prefer a long weekend or a long goodbye? Uh, probably a long goodbye. Randy, you're the king of Irish goodbyes. Why would you like a long goodbye? <laughs> you're a quick goodbye guy. That's you're true. the quick goodbye guy. <laughs> I'm the no goodbye guy. The no goodbye guy. That's good. Work with that. Send that to your AI. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> I'm confused. Oh, I had to. T- 
I don't know why I'm offering up a story, but I think uh, there's, I a, there's an insight into my, hold on, here we go. Nope, didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I feel like three times this episode, you've tried to play something that hasn't played. Well, the fucking soundboard, I'm trying to bring it back. I'm trying to bring back the uh, magic of radio that we capture oh so well. With I this, love it. With this little fucking, uh, what is this, like a tablet or something? But it just does it's not want to work. It's a Steve Jobs it's situation. It's a Surface Pro, yeah. Um, no, I not had a Steve story. Jobs. Who's the one I hate? Who's the pen? Zuckerberg. Gates. <laughs> Um, again, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but, uh, on Saturday we play Adventure or Conquer a King, which is a D and D parallel. And I, the clarification. Was, <laughs> I had coffee and I just worked out and I jumped into the bathroom and, um, I proceeded to sit down on a toilet. I'm sorry. This is all, I, I just, I I'm felt like Clark would love take this. A shit? Well, no, because there was a knock at the door. And again, on Saturday, you know. The gaggle of clowns come over, whom I love dearly. And I'm like, oh, God, it's so early. Yeah. And I, I figured it was one of them. So I'm like, all right, let me let me pause this really quick. And then I popped up, I opened the door. And mind you, I finished just working out. My hair's all fucked up. I had a Dragula shirt on. Before you delivered the punchline here, uh-huh. which I think I know where it's going. I'm very excited. Can you describe a little bit more of the situation that was happening in the bathroom? I mean, you were there to take a poop, right? Yeah, yeah. Were you mid-poop? No, I was about to. I was okay. about to initiate so takeoff. So crowning was happening. Move, movement? We're, yeah. We're, and not complete movement Okay. Yet. Like, I, I could have hit the abort button. Sure. It was like, let's cancel the takeoff before the hole collapses. But and, commencement had begun. But I was mentally committed. Okay. You know what I mean? The phone was nearby. So, was <laughs> so, so no wipe was necessary. You no, just no, hiked none. up and went out. Okay. No, but I also, I, in my head, I was like, this is going to be quick. Fuck it. I'll make fun of the dude and I'll jump right back in. Understood. So I pop up, I open the door again. Our bathroom is located directly across from the front door downstairs. Yes. So open that one, open the front door. And it is not the, uh, doofy ex air force dude who I thought it would be. It is two little girls who are dressed very nicely. And they say, hey, we're here. Uh, we're here to talk about um, what do they say when they're Jehovah Witnesses? Uh, probably Jehovah. <laughs> they're like, hey, do you, it's now a good time oh, is what man. they said. And I. So how how what are the ages? Like they, young, 16, okay. 14 children. And I, I had to like take a breath. I was like, oh, and I looked at them. And there was so much going through my head. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God, what are you thinking right now? Now, to give a little context, when we open the front door, one, uh, they were greeted by me, which can't be pleasant anyway. Uh, also, I looked extra disheveled. I had a couple of drag queens on my shirt. We had shit brain going on. Directly behind me, I, we had a bathroom door that has a fucking male, female, trans sign on it. Then directly yeah. to the right of that, there is a fake um, dead animal. That I put a bunch of like old. Yes, yeah, the first thing you see when you open the door to this hell house of a, a house. And, and, you know, originally we had moved candles in there. I think it was during, I can't remember when, but we had to move candles. We put them in front. And yeah, Clark for the made, ceremony. Clark made a comment like, what the fuck is this, an altar? And I went, that's a great idea. <laughs> so I found some pewter chalice things and I've put them all. It, so now I leaned into it. And these two yeah. girls were looking at me straight into the face of the devil, I'm sure they thought. And it was just like, it's now a good time. Like, like, are there male witches? <laughs> I'm like, no, actually, it's the worst time. And because of who I am, 
I instantly felt like I was being completely rude. I knew the journey these two were going on. I, we've lived in this court a while. And the thought of them going door to door out here, I felt deep sympathy for them. Yeah. So do you guess what I told them? I have, I have no idea. I said, no, actually, it's a terrible time. And they they don't flinch. I'm sure they've gotten doors slammed in their face. Every cursed at terrible things. Right. Yeah. And they said before they, they take a breath and they're going to talk. And I said, but are you, how often do you come around here? Oh my is God. what I said to them. Oh, my God. <laughs> And they're like, <laughs> I mean, I do. <laughs> yeah, you need to think about what you just did. You're asking two 15 year olds. I, how often are you coming around well, here? Well, I now? didn't. I, so they're that. I'm taking like, a shit at three. I, they're like, um, I don't know, fairly often. The answer is never. I'm sure they have a checklist. They hit a house and they never have to go back there. What if they live on the street? They don't. They really. And honestly, I felt bad for them. Kids man. shit where they eat all the time. You know, you know, the thought going through my head was our neighbor next door, the one that's called the police on us like four or five times. And I've Oksana's threatened her husband. Yes, Oksana's comrade. I'm like, God, they're going there next. <laughs> like, so I was just like, no, no. You know what? It's a terrible time. How often are you out here? Uh, if you come back, I'll talk to you. Is what I told them. And I, <laughs> You just can't tell can't, people no. I can't even get off a fucking phone call. You can't. If I get off a phone call, y'all know it. I go... Hey man, all right. See you later. Also, hit me up or like. I, there's always gonna not be o- more. Not only can you not get off a phone call, you can't get off an interview. No, I know. Every I, week, I have to be like, hey, I, I did follow up and told them, "Hey, girls, I love you. Thank you for coming by the house." Again, Come with the "I love you," <laughs> I you're did. telling two strangers, <laughs> two teenage strangers that are Jehovah's Witness, <laughs> that you love them from. And why do you love them for interrupting you taking your shit? No, here's the thing. That is the only thing that they have done. So I didn't say that, but the fact that you believed I did speaks volumes. You tell every guest I, I love do. you at I least do. three I times. I do love them. I'm a lover, not a hater. Which is why you and Randy bounced me out on the show. No, but in my head, I kept thinking, like, I could sit here and talk to them. I didn't want to just dismiss them. I wanted to be like, hey, I don't think your religion would work out for me. I was like, do you want to look through the door? Like, I, I understand. Oh, my God. Like, you know, my favorite holiday is Halloween. I know you all don't vibe with that. So I just wanted to be polite. I just, they got a hard journey they're facing. Do you, based <laughs> upon this interaction and your, your, your narrating of said interaction. Yeah. For me, there's no way they didn't leave this house feeling uncomfortable or weirded <laughs> out. I, I understand. And, you know, honestly, it's the last thing I wanted to do. I wanted them to leave and be like, hey, I wish everybody gave us a shot or something. You know what I mean? And So when they rang the door, that's what that was? They knocked lightly. Oh, okay. Which is why, one, I have to ring in the doorbell. I don't know why. I feel like I'm a millennial with a period and a text. Yeah. Like it's almost like a declaration of war. That doorbell, I get annoyed when people ring the doorbell. And they lightly knocked. So I'm like, oh, this definitely has to be a friend that I've yelled at before. Well, see, already they know the tricks of the trade. I know. They're good. That's it, man. Crafty little women. That's right. No, but they look, dude, it's hot. They're wearing full on dresses. Like, I just wanted to be like, hey, I appreciate y'all doing this. You're good people. (laughs) I don't know. You give them money or something. What do you do? I'm not going to convert to the religion. You say no, thank you, and send them on. Yeah, the but wire. that feels rude. I want to be like, hey, it's part of the game. You know what? They you're... know that they know what they signed up for. <laughs> I do. Eighty percent of their transactions are this. The people that they get to talk to are are generally older. Uh huh. 
or someone who's on, at the end of their rope. You know, I think it was that's the market. It was a little bit of the George Costanza, where like I didn't want I didn't want them to look at me, obviously being like evil incarnate. Yeah, and then walking away being like that house we got to burn down. I want them to be like, you know what? Maybe we're wrong. If they burn down this house, the spiders could still <laughs> live. I'm convinced they're everywhere. I tried to. T- I took care of uh, several colonies yesterday. I just I went outside with a broom and went to town. You beat me to it. So, and one day you were gone, and there were three birds out in that vine bush. Oh, dude, the they, birds are back. They're a gr- dude. They're in the in bush. I, let me tell you something right now. I I am at a Adam Stillwell <laughs> level of bird hatred with these little fucks. Dude, they're aggressive too. When they think like it was lightly drizzling, oh, yeah. and we we don't. We have like a little porch area, but it's not really private. There's like a wood little, it doesn't hide anything, but the vine bush does. So it's kind of valuable. I don't want people looking in here. Randy, these are teeny tiny little squeaking shits. There's three of them. And one of them I caught off guard and I was like, oh shit, do you have like a hurt wing? Why are you here? And then the other two popped up and were like fucking manning up to me. And I ran away. (laughs) It worked. (laughs) But uh, yeah, be careful down there. Well, yeah, well, you know, that's, I, I'm trying to, you know, get some uh, natural vitamin D. So I'm out there sunbathing and I, I hear these little birds. My man. I hear this tap, tap, tap on the uh, carport and I see these little turds oh, flopping up. around up there. Yeah. Angry birds up there. Don't dude. fuck with them. I, dude, I'm going to tell you right now. Well, that's why I got my bird peepers on at all times. <laughs> oh so they can't come and peck at my eyeballs. I know what's up. All right. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah, let's start the show officially. It is um, Sunday, July 2nd. Uh, it's one eighteen p.m. And we're reunited again with Randy. We missed you. Hell yeah. Better. Likewise. <laughs> well, Randy, uh, let's kick things off, brother. Let's, uh, you know, before you get to your movies, tell us a little bit more about this uh, New York-Boston trip. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, went to, I initially scheduled time to go see my sister and my nephew and my parents were coming in to town to Boston as well. Uh, nephew had a second surgery. His last was like late last year, but he had a follow up. So, uh, the surgery went well and he just kind of has to be there for another couple of weeks so they can check on him like every like week or two. Uh, so hopefully they'll be out soon, but I was like, you know what? If I'm going to be up there in Boston, I might as well uh, go see if I can do some do some things in New York. So I went and visited a uh, friend, Marbles, RIP. I know she doesn't listen to this anyway, but uh, yeah, I crashed with her. <laughs> she picked me up from the airport. Uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was good. We first first day. So I flew in two Fridays ago. Picked up from the airport. Had to run a couple errands, and then we went to go see uh, Moorhead <laughs> yeah Hank this is the, all the errands I know thank you Lewis continue oh thank you so much stained yeah how did I forget Aaron I know. Lewis I know so yeah after uh running some errands after the airport we went to um artist Matthew Barney's studio in Long Island oh, City boy. because uh his newest installation slash film slash video art, whatever you want to call it, uh, was playing. And I saw that it was actually ending that weekend. So I think we caught, uh, yeah, I think it ended that Sunday. So we went, um, 
early on Friday. I think we went at like one. So it's essentially a one hour film, one hour experience. Uh, so essentially you walk into his studio, which is on the East River facing into uh, like Midtown Manhattan. You can see the Empire State Building from there. It's a great view. I'm sure uh, this waterfront property uh, in an industrial area is probably worth a ton of money uh, these days. But he filmed um, Secondary, which is his newest uh, thing there. And uh, yeah, he filmed it there. So you're actually sitting on essentially the uh, like stage where he filmed it. It's essentially, it is a sort of like a recreation of like a football game in a much oh, more yeah. obscure sense. So there is a very stylized AstroTurf in the middle of the studio that you sit on and it has his uh, logo that is uh, in the, like the Cremister cycle uh, movies. Yeah. And so that's like in the middle. So you can go sit on the AstroTurf. There's like a bench. There's like a couple other areas where you can sit. And essentially the middle has the Jumbotron. Um, and there are four screens on that that are all showing the same thing. But in each corner of the four corners of the uh, AstroTurf where you're sitting on, there are separate screens as, as well. And sometimes they're all playing the same thing, but sometimes all five, I'm counting the middle one as one, all five will be playing different things. You'll be hearing different audio from the different speakers um, and stuff like that. So it's kind of was really uh, cool. Essentially the, I guess a long time ago. um, So Matthew Barney is actually from San Francisco, which I think I forgot. Um, So he was kind of inspired. I guess he was or did play football way back in the day. Um, So he's always kind of like had a fascination with with the sport. Um, So this essentially like there was this game in August 12th of 1978 with the Oakland Raiders uh, and the New England Patriots where essentially one of them uh, tackled the other one or whatever and uh, gave him severe injuries, which uh, turned into CTE and things. So he's always been kind of fascinated by this uh, element of the sport and sort of this one game. So um, Matthew Barney's in it. He plays one of the um, teammates for the Raiders. And then there's a big, um, so on the, uh, like the roof of the studio in the movie, they like, there's this like really cool drone shot and you see them just like, uh, like folding out this huge, like Oakland Raiders, like flag, which was just kind of cool to see. Uh, in a in a New York scenario, um, yeah, I don't know. Talking about the experience of watching the movie, like I said, there's sort of a lot going on because sometimes there's five separate things sort of happening. Uh, which you know, I think if you lived in the area, it would be cool to go back like several times and kind of like get a different perspective. Um, watch one screen more or watch two screens more because it's kind of hard to like move your head um around this whole thing because the like screens are so far apart and um. Yeah, I don't know. It's there's not really like that much actual football stuff in it. It's kind of like you see people sort of like uh doing sort of like exercises and it's there's like a lot of the audio is just like sounds of their feet like on the astroturf or sounds of people like breathing or like grunting. There's no like actual uh dialogue in it. Um so it's kind of weird and it kind of creates a little bit of like a, a rhythmic soundtrack as well, the way that you kind of just like edits the sound design and everything. Um, I don't know. It was, it was a really cool experience. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't really, it's definitely not as much of a film as uh, river of fundament is. There's definitely uh, 
I don't know. I, I wouldn't really say there's a ton of plot here, but I think it's just um, sort of his like artistic interpretation of like football and sort of like how it's kind of fascinating and how, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people love to watch it, but it also has this sort of like a complicated relationship with, uh, you know, violence and uh, stuff like that. So I don't know. It was cool. Really uh, cool experience and glad that uh, I was able to go before it closed. Hell yeah. yeah was there- it looks great. His cinematographer, I don't know if he's working with the same guy, but all the shots look amazing. There's like, I said, there's like a cool drone shot over the studio where he shot it. There's just like great shots of New York from his studio looking into New York uh, over the river and the stuff that's shot inside looks um, awesome too. So um, aesthetically, like it's cool, but yeah, no, it's just like, uh, I don't know, it's a little... Uh, also, nobody uh, besides Madeline and I like were laughing at anything. Like me and Madeline like laughed a little bit, like quietly, at some yeah. things because like I don't know if he expects people to laugh or not. I, I imagine he has a little <laughs> bit of a. I imagine he has a sense of humor about some of the sort of things that he does or puts into his stuff, but I I really don't know. But it seemed like everyone was taking it very serious. And although Madeline and I enjoyed it, we, uh, think we're the ones taking it the least seriously, but well, Randy, cool. you know, this was Long Island city, you know, this is serious town USA. All right. So, you know, you sure. got to respect the art. Uh, was there any fecal matter in this art installation at all? Uh, there isn't fecal matter. There is a sort of like a trench, which is still in the studios where essentially like he dug this big, like, I think it's like a six foot, seven foot deep trench. And like one of the pipes is like broken. And in the movie, you see when the tide rises, you see like, uh, water run through a the river fundament, the pipe. Yeah. You see a lot of like shit colored water. Um, and there's okay, this weird, there like go. sort of like petroleum jelly ish stuff that they like throw at one point And it kind of like oozes down like this sort of part of like the, uh, the studio in the movie. So there's a lot of like weird kind of gross stuff. Um, in it as well too, but yeah, I don't, it, maybe it all co- coheres a little bit better for um, people that are smarter than I. But uh, I had a good time. How many people were there? It's maybe like twenty or thirty. It runs like or it ran like all day throughout the week. So I think it was like Monday to Friday. It ran from like noon to eight, and then the movie starts at the top of the hour every hour. Or so. You can kind of go in. We actually like walked in like 10, 15 minutes early. So we technically saw the end before the beginning, but it was fine. How long? It's an hour? Yeah, it's, it's like exactly an hour. Yeah. Boo. I want a date. Does he have a gift shop? No gift shop. No like uh, <laughs> flyers or anything. I was hoping there was at least some sort of like a, you know, a when jersey? you go to like a, a art exhibit or something, they'll give you a flyer or whatever. So there was yeah. nothing though. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a bummer that you are a hopeless dork and can't understand the war that is the gridiron because I would love to hear a jock go in there and, like, break that down. Sure. Hey, the imagery looks incredible. I think yeah. it looks really interesting. Looks yeah. yeah, and it's very cool to be, like, sitting in the place that they filmed it, too. I mean, clearly, Barney, um, you know, you forgot he was from the city, but he never forgot. And we never forgot. Next week, Matthew Barney, <laughs> Overlook Hour. Yeah, regular listener. That's why he ripped off Jay Burleson and uh, Sophia and, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, all, all these guests who are 
confusing football with horror. He's just a fucking hack. True. Should have killed him, Randy. <laughs> Should have put him on that fucking submarine. I don't think he was there unless he has like a <laughs> secret window somewhere. Sick of the submersible. Same. All right, Randy, what else you got other than uh, no hot dog talk, apparently, which is very different. Sure. Yeah, no, no conies. Uh, I, I didn't really get to watch a whole lot of uh, movies due to the fact that I stayed with my family and uh, things that I want to watch, I don't want to uh, make other people watch most of the time. So, Randy, that's not true. You took your whole family to Italy and you all saw Melancholia. I gave them an out, or I tried to give them an out. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But uh, Saturday morning, uh, Madeline and I started the Boots Riley show uh, that's on Amazon Prime called I'm a Virgo. I just uh, noticed this existed this morning and yeah. uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're on it. I'm very, I'm very looking forward to what you're about to say. Sweet. Yeah. It, uh, it came out on the 23rd and was very excited to see it. So I watched the first two um, there and then I watched the rest of them uh, over the next week or so at the hotel in uh, Brookline, Massachusetts. But um, yeah, it's directed uh, by Boots Riley and it's, um, Seven episodes, I think they're all pretty short. You could probably watch this if you had a solid three hours and like 20 minutes. And it um, looks like runtime is, look like total runtime is three hours and 31 minutes. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially it is like his uh, previous movie, Sorry to Bother, bother You. It's, uh, it's comedic, it's satire, it's surrealist. Um, reminds me a lot of, so the visuals in this, there is a lot of stuff done uh, in camera, um, which I'll get into what the show is about, but, uh, a lot of the effects have a very sort of practical and very like playful sort of tone to them that really reminded me of, uh, Michelle Gondry without the like cuteness, um, which I thought was really cool. But essentially the show is about, um, this kid named Cootie, who is a 13 foot tall black uh, man raised in Oakland by his aunt and uncle. Um, and from birth, he was essentially shielded from the outside world. Um, so he's kind of weird and awkward when he is eventually discovered by a uh, group of people in Oakland and he, uh, starts hanging out with them. Um, and yeah, it's very, the show is also kind of dealing with, um, obviously a lot of political stuff, uh, being Boots Riley, who was in the coup, um, you know, if you hear him speak, he talks a lot about a lot of like uh, anti-capitalist and like pro sort of like communist type of stuff. So you know what you're getting into um, with this show. But I will say it's very, very fun as well. The first episode, once they um, they find uh, or the people from Oakland find uh, that Cootie exists and he eventually starts hanging out with them, you see shots of them like writing down uh the streets in Oakland, like downtown Oakland, a uh, place that I lived like very near. Um, and essentially Cootie is hanging out on the back of the car, like a giant. Um, so the car like has the top down and he's like just hanging out back there. And it's, uh, it's very funny. I didn't really know too much about what the show was about. And just like the visuals, um, are very cool. They do a lot of it with forced perspective. Um, I listened to a interview that Boots Riley did and he said, you know, it's nice being in the Bay Area because um, ILM is so close. I think they're in 
Emeryville. So they do a lot of the, you know, the Disney stuff, but they also have Phil Tippett there. And um, essentially when Boots was trying to get this made, he's like, the only way I want to do this is in camera. I don't want to do CGI. He's like, I know we probably can, but I need like someone to vouch for me um, and kind of like, you know, convince the studio because I don't know if I can do it myself because I don't know like the technical aspect of it. So he uh, went down to ILM and got uh, Phil Tippett essentially to write him a, uh, Phil Tippett of Mad God to write him essentially like a letter of recommendation or whatever. And essentially like told the studio like, Hey, this guy says that, you know, we can do it. So we should do it. And he got like some advice from him on uh, how to do it. So it looks pretty cool. It looks uh, just, yeah, it's, it's very bizarre, very uh, surreal uh, and very fun. Walton Goggins is also in this. He plays sort of like a comic book hero. Uh, the show has a lot of like comic book influence uh, stuff in it. It's also, you know, satirical about comic books and kind of has like, really um, interesting points to make about sort of like the whole, you know, Marvelfication of uh, movies and culture and everything these days. But um, yeah, I uh, would have finished the last episode on like Thursday. Um, but I think I'm going to go back to it again because uh, it's very good. Um, the kid who plays Cootie is Jarrell Jerome. He's very good. He was in Moonlight, apparently. Um, didn't recognize him from that because that movie was quite a long time ago. And I think he also does a voice in the new uh, Spider-Verse movie. But besides that, I haven't seen it, but he's great. And Mike Epps is in it too. <laughs> Mike Epps. If you're a Mike Epps fan. Juliet Lewis. In the show? Robert. Yeah, Juliet Lewis is listed as Justin. <laughs> she may, okay, she may have a cameo that I missed. There's a couple of cameos in the in the uh, show that are kind of fun. Yeah, well, good deal. Yeah, no, this sounds uh, interesting. And as soon as I saw that Boots Riley was involved, I'm like, you know, well, it's definitely worth checking out because, uh, hey, man, he's an interesting guy. And uh, you know that whatever you're going to watch is uh, probably going to be fairly singular. Yeah. Because that's what is. that's what that's what his movie was, and uh, if if it you know follows that formula, I'm in. Yeah, I think it would. Russ, did you ever see that it. movie? No, it's great. I don't think. Yeah, no. sorry to bother you. It's it's man. It was a also. God, that was five years ago, dude. Yeah. So I imagine he's been working on this project for a while. Uh, yeah. It sounds like it sounds like he also has like two or three others that uh are in various stages of writing or production or whatever too. So. I don't know if this will get a season two or not, but um, I could see it potentially ending how it did and like being okay with it. Um, I don't know. In general, I think I'm, you know, more of a uh, a movie guy than I am a, a TV guy. And I kind of like when things end, you know, but I don't know if the if, if second one comes out, I'll definitely watch it because I like the uh, first season so much. Randy, you remember when we saw Boots Riley at the Alamo? Oh uh, yeah, what was that for? I'm trying to remember. It was we were at Theater Five. We were on the front row, and it was right was when it like a, you know Midsummer or Hereditary or something. I think it may have been one of. I think it was Midsummer, maybe. I think so. And yeah. uh, he came in the front row and looked around, looked lost. <laughs> and I looked at you. I was like, "Is that Boots Riley, dude?" You're like, yeah. Yep. Forgot about that. I wonder what he thought of Midsummer. 
Yeah, let's call him up. <laughs> we'll find out next week. He's on. I was about to say he's on the show next week. All right. What else you got, dude? That is pretty much it. I will say that I saw a movie that you talked about last week, but I I think I'm going to go see it again before I give my full full review of Asteroid City by Wes Anderson. Oh, baby. Paint with a broad brush. I uh, love the visuals. I'm, you know, into his aesthetic and I thought it looked great. There is um, a lot of visuals. There's a lot of characters uh, in the movie. It feels kind of, kind of, I was going to say it feels kind of dense, but it also like doesn't at the same time uh, plot wise, yeah. if that makes any sense. But uh, yeah, a lot going on visually. There's a cool uh, split screen scene where like one of the cameras is doing like this crazy it's pretty De Palma-esque. There is um, tracking going on and like a swish pan and then like the other screen is still like kind of, uh, you know, more of a still shot. Also loved Brian Cranston as the host. When I first saw him in the black and white, I was like, be pretty cool if Brian Cranston did a uh, 50s Twilight Zone type of thing. <laughs> yeah, 100%. He, he definitely, you know, embodied that... Um you know, that sort of build that you want to, yeah. to be able to carry that. Cause he's, yeah. Cause he's got that gravitas, you know what I mean? And he's got a great voice For and, sure. uh, he also has that, you know, that grizzled look <laughs> that, you know, you kind of got from, um, from Serling. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I, I think he would definitely fit that bill. Yeah, dude, I, I love the movie. I, uh, yeah. I think it's, I think it's one of his better movies, um, of, of, of recent. Um, and also if we're, right. uh, yeah, I was about to say we're, we're like, by the time this comes out, we're like two weeks into the movie to being out. So I'll just say that, uh, Russell doesn't have his headphones on. I love the alien. Okay. I was about to say, that's the part. That's the part that got a single tear out of me because really? I just enjoyed it. It was just perfect. Everything was perfect. Yeah. And, and, uh, I, I think that the, the big part for me was that, I just liked that everything in this movie was a constant reminder that, hey, man, we're watching a movie. And I think that the alien was a perfect match for whatever, whatever, for everything else that was going on in the movie. And um, also, I love the score. I love that little, the little tinking sound. Um, Same. Yeah. yeah. That was great. And uh, the alien was perfect, perfect in every way. And, uh, and how they used it, it was, uh, it was great. And then, you know, Goldblum being in the movie for four seconds, <laughs> you blink, you miss him. I think uh, I missed yeah, him. Ton- yeah. Oh, he, he is the alien. Yeah. I, I, I saw it in the credits, but yeah, I didn't realize it in the uh, context of watching the movie. It was, it was the scene to where we go back to uh, Adrian Brody's character and we're kind of uh, doing one of those classic Anderson shots where it's like we're going from room oh, to room. Yeah. And we see, and there's a room where uh, Goldblum is, oh. he's, you see the bottom half of the alien suit. And uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I got to go but, back. I, uh, I'll say that I'm used to seeing movies by myself and I did not go see this movie by myself. And I feel like I, just being a very self-conscious, anxious person. I feel like I, I like the experience of not seeing movies with people. This was a new person. I'll get, I'll say that much. 
Okay. Did they ever find the body? <laughs> Excellent follow-up <laughs> question. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so I was about to say, is uh, did, did Marbles ruin this movie for you? But uh, this no. was not that type of situation. No, it was uh, at the Coolidge Corner uh, Theater in Brookline, Massachusetts, which was a uh, beautiful theater. The beautiful theater. The beautiful theater. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's it, though. You don't want to talk. <laughs> so what, we're not talking anymore about your date night. Is that what's happening? I don't know. I suppose we could. I my. <laughs> uh, was this, was my, this a- my brother-in-law? His, although my sister and him aren't technically married, I just call him that now because it's easier. So I don't have to do this every time. But I'm going to do it oh, anyways. They're, they're living in sin, huh? So you got a bastard child for oh yeah nephew, yeah. So my brother-in-law, um, the first time they went out there, they stayed with, um, a family of one of his very good friends who owns a bakery in Brookline, Massachusetts. And her friend was also good friends with my brother-in-law and she now lives out there. Um, and is also single and also roughly the same age. And I don't usually, uh, get set up by people, but oh no, I don't know. I felt like he had a... <laughs> He has good, good taste in people. He knows how to read people well. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. It was, uh, we hung out twice. So Asteroid City was the Whoa. second time. So okay, it was good. Fun. I just, yeah. Good. I'm glad that the initial hangout wasn't a movie. That's always a bad play. Yeah. Don't do movie the first time. You know, you got to know each other. Yeah. And if they're a teacher, make sure the film doesn't open Yeah. Up and if the they're teacher. a teacher, don't ask your friend Randy. <laughs> For a good movie recommendation. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's about it. All right, so what? You got to go up to Massachusetts every weekend now? Is that what's happening? Is that what I'm hearing? No, I don't think so. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, that's it. All right. Well, when you, take that, uh, when you take that trip to Asteroid City, let me know. I'm thinking about doing it again, too. I, uh, I had a good time with it. It was very fun. Okay. Now, time for everyone to get serious here. Uh, Russell, did did we figure out the uh, the soundboard situation? What? Do, yeah. Okay. Um, as as I as I mentioned I, 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 last week, I think that we need to have a more proper segment for these uh, five dollar iTunes movies uh, that I keep uh, <laughs> finding myself in. So uh, cue something up. And you want a bumper? Give it to me. All right. Nope, probably shouldn't do that one. Nope. <laughs> nope. There you go. Clark's $5 iTunes extravaganza. I don't know why everything has I, I don't like that one either. Let's, like let's try it again. Ready? iTunes. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that Shudder? Yeah, it was Shudder. Yeah, well, then now we're talking. That's no, they said we could, they said we could uh, use it. Okay, so this was a $5 for purchase on the iTunes.com. Uh, this movie is called Video Man. It is from 2018. Um, I knew nothing of this. What I did know was that, number one, I like the cover art. Uh, Russell's got the uh, IMD, the International Movie Database uh, page uh, pulled up right for me now. Thank you very much, Russell. Uh, Russ, can you scroll back up to the top? 
if we look at the poster, Russell, what, what, you have to love this poster. Yeah. Why? I do. It's good. Um, one, I like the uh, use of colors and light. I think there's a good contrast. Also, there's a character. Um, I'm guessing a protagonist who's doing the Videodrome makeout with the TV. Yep. And there are uh, VHS tapes all around them in blood. But what is what is the style of this poster? Oh, like, uh, actually, it kind of looks like the Shutter. Um, what uh, font where there's a little bit of static in there, but also looks like a VHS tape. Made it look like a VHS tape. This movie is about a man in his 40s who still longs for the days of yesteryear when he used to run Sweden's most popular video rental store in the 80s and 90s. Hell yeah. And he wants to bring it back. I'm a dude, this shit looks good. A VHS collector and a woman obsessed with the 80s. Both alcoholics <laughs> initiate a romance that helps them battle their personal failures. This thing took me completely by surprise. I am I was a little surprised that uh, honestly, there's a little bit of dialogue here, and I think this played a fairly decent f- film festival back in 2018. <laughs> but uh, like, not a ton of people have uh, are really talking about this movie, and uh, it's great. I had a, this movie is, no, it's an, this is an interesting movie and and I will say that it is not a horror film, but the movie is about horror. Um, the guy is upset. So he is an Italian living in Sweden and he is obsessed with Italian movies from the 1980s, from the seventies and eighties. That's his shit. He loves Jalo. He loves all that bullshit. That is his cue zone. And there are certain scenes in here to where he's talking shop with other, you know, common folk uh, in this in this industry. And um, I mean, you know, it's 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 just always fun to hear someone who is, you know, a fellow nerd and nerding out. But and I think that this movie deals with. With with that subculture of the subculture of of, of collectors, uh, there's certainly commentary about collecting, and uh, that's a big big part of this movie is about collectors and collecting and holding on to nostalgia plays a big part in that. Now his romantic counterpart um, in this and her name, let me pull her up, uh, Amanda Ooms. She's great. No, actually, no, that's not true. Lena Nielsen. That's her <laughs> name. Um, these two are great. Now, this guy, let, let's talk about sort of who this guy is. He's sort of an intimidating character. He's tall. He's bald. He's probably 6'1", 6'2", and, um, you know, is very opinionated on his thoughts and is, is very hard lined on that. But he, but he is very impassioned about the things that he cares about. And he very much cares about VHS tapes and he collects VHS tapes. Well, he came across a very rare uh, VHS tape of zombie and someone stole his zombie tape. And this was, this is not good Russell because Mm -hmm. he had just gotten a call from someone um, who is a, uh, a uh, this person in the industry 
is known as Faceless. Now, Faceless is also a collector. Now, Faceless throws money around. So when you get a call from Faceless, you better pick up. And Faceless says, hey, I heard you have a VHS copy of a zombie. He's like, yes, but it's not for sale. She's like, well, for $10,000, is it for sale? He says, I'll see you in four days. Okay. And then he, and then it's gone. Zombie's gone. And so he's trying to figure out where zombie is. So a good portion of this movie turns into him breaking into other scum video VHS scumbags that he knows within Sweden that he thinks may have stolen his zombie tape. And that is, that's great. That's a great element of this story. But another big part of this is the romantic relationship he has uh, with our female lead who is very, is obsessed with the eighties. She's obsessed with, with Egypt and she loves the 1980s. She wears her teased hair in the office, and she is a fucking drunk. And <laughs> she is a sloppy, sad drunk who's throwing up on copying machines, and uh, her daughter has abandoned her, and she's got a whole lot of stuff going on. But she finds a kinship uh, with Inyo, Um who, who, that's a big part of that, who, who tells people uh, that he's Ennio like Morricone. Uh, that's one of the go-to lines there uh, because he is a, he's an Italian in Sweden. Okay. So that's, that's fun. It's fun to think about <laughs> other things. I really, I, this movie's great. Um, it, it it leans more drama than anything. Oh, okay, good. Um, I was going to ask you, it, what is it, comedy or drama? Well, there, it, it it hits. It hits. I think a lot of things. It's hard to put. You know, I always talk about my favorite type of movies are stuff that's really hard to kind of put in specific. Yeah. You know, areas. This kind of falls into that because you know it's like a well balanced meal. We're touching a little bit of everything, right? So. That's what you get, but it is not horror, but we, but it is for horror fans. Yeah, I truly believe that. And um, man, it's it gets emotional. It's sweet. It maybe ends a little too sweet, but I think it's well learned because we get beat up on the way. And um, there's also some some creepy dream sequences here and there. And and like I said, there are certainly homages to horror, and there's nothing. And you can tell that you know, um, God. It's I, I really don't want to butcher this young lady's name, but Christian A. Swordenstrom. <laughs> uh, we're just going to go with that. That you know, there's certainly an, an appreciation um, to horror and horror fans and the community um, that the story is kind of built upon. Um, yeah, I I really really enjoyed this man. Uh, check this out. Yeah, I um, looked up to see if there was a Blu-ray available and it looks like there is on amazon but it's almost fucking 40 dollars. it is uh all region and then diabolique had it for 22 also i would i want to get it sounds i don't him breaking into like buddies like like other people who collect it reminded me of fucking um eugene kotlyarenko the fucking zeros in one movie yeah where it's kind of like a drama about a thing but it's really just about him in his own little culture. That's it. The, yeah. I mean, this thing is about, you know, wrestling your own personal demons and anxieties. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that everyone speaking on the microphones today uh, can relate to that one way or another. And um, I, I, it does a really, really good job of that because 
and again, I, I don't want to, it's not necessarily a reveal, but it just, it services the story in such a way to where I don't want to, you know, take that away from you if you do view this. And I encourage everyone that, you know, you can check it out. Well, I'm not sure if it's streaming anywhere. I don't do research on it's this show. On Tubi. Oh, Tubi. Oh, there we go. This seems like, it. this is a great Tubi pick. Great Tubi pick. But the whole thing is like, I don't know. Uh, There's there's significant payoff here. There's significant payoff um, that just really strongly um, mirrors the whole message of the movie. That like we things aren't as bad as we make it out are in our heads. And you know if if we want to make it all right, we can. And generally, we are our own worst enemies. And I think that the movie does a good job of kind of reminding us of that. Um, yeah, great. Fantastic. Two stars. Two? No, I loved it. Um, I looked up Letterboxd. I've taken to looking at IMDb for ranking and Letterboxd while y'all are talking. And, uh, dude, IMDb is a 5.8. Letterboxd, everybody's giving it a 3. Averaging a three point two, which I don't think is bad. I, I just think it hasn't. Do you found know what? Because it's it's slow. Yeah, it's well, it's it's like that I said, cover is gonna bury it for sure. That cover looks like a horror movie for sure. And if me and Terrell were downstairs drinking and we're like, yeah, and then it's a fucking dramedy. That's the I'm thing. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I think that um, that's probably one of the biggest obstacles this movie has to for sure. Because it's a good cover, and too. again, it's it's been out for a long time, um, five years or so. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's its biggest challenge is dealing with that. And, you know, again, how long we've been doing this show, we talk about it all the time. Did uh, you look up the director? Look at what they did before. (laughs) Samantha Fox hot body music video, but then (laughs) offspring, they did a short for them. Oh, hell yeah. 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 So they're, uh, or uh, no, it's that, that's not a music video. That's just a movie called offspring. (laughs) Nope. They lose it. Fuck it. Also, you know, 5.8 isn't that much lower than 3 if you do the conversion. No, but IMDb is, again, the bridge that all the trolls live under. So you always got to, like, sure. uh, what you got to curb that that grading. <laughs> so that's like a fucking 10 out of 10 on IMDb. Randy, you ever seen The Offspring? The movie or I the band? I don't know. I don't think so. I did, I did. go to uh, uh, Life 105's BFD one year. Oh, yeah. When I feel like that? they may have played that, but I don't, I can't 100%. Big, big fucking, fucking deal, day. dude. Big fucking day. It's deal. I'm going to look it up. I honestly I don't know. I think it's day if I remember correctly. Hell yeah. But we are sure it is fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's how you know it's dumb. Um, yeah. Okay. Are you, that really, that's the only thing you watched? I also watched uh, two TV series on Netflix okay. that, you know, who cares? One's about tennis. That's great. And uh, the American Gladiators thing, I'll briefly just mention this. I mean, here's the weird thing. Randomly, earlier in the week, just started watching American Gladiators on YouTube. I don't know how that happened. I just watched an episode. And I was like, oh, I remember. This is fun. Then I see the thing on Netflix. I'm like, what the hell is this simulation I'm living in? Yeah. Um, it's fun. It's just, I mean, it's it's like, it's just uninspired, ultimately. Um, it's just a it's just a matter of it's content. Hey, remember this thing? Yeah. yeah. I sure you do. Here's here's 
be saying more about this thing that you remember, and here's some shitty cartoons mixed in with it to kind of mix up the animation, and it's it, it it's just it's uninspired. It's nothing new. It's but you know, that's, but it's that's, American. That's where we are. And by the time this airs, it will be the Fourth of July. So <laughs> turn it on. I mean, I will say just from a you know basic, I do like to hear you know, behind the scenes stories of like production, especially, uh-huh. you know, high end level inter technology, like the Blackberry. I don't know. Well, Blackberry <laughs> yeah. was great, yeah. but I don't know. I think television in the nineties, television in general is always interesting to me and television production. I'm generally in on those things. I just like it. I like to see how the sausage is made and, you know, me coming from, you know, going to school with a journalism background. It's like that was hammered in there and I've worked in that industry for a little while. So it's like, I don't know. I like, it always speaks to me a little bit, but, um, once you kind of get past that and they're like, well, this gladiator was fucking this gladiator, but this gladiator was gay and he didn't know it. And he still tried. Yeah, of course they did. Look at him. I mean, that's what it is. Did you, you work know, out like that? You're going to be fucking on. Did you know that the American gladiators, did a show, uh, Ellen did a show on American Gladiators. You remember her sitcom, yeah, yeah. Ellen? A whole episode was dedicated to the American Gladiators where she came on as a contestant and fell in love with Laser. That's cool. Um, but Laser was trying to get with another gladiator. And the, the funny thing is, is that both of these ladies are lesbians. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so they just kind of pointed that out. And that may be the most interesting thing in that show. Yeah, sounds boring. Yeah, it's not great. Again, though, we are. But it is fun. Like, they talk about, like, the pilot was such a pile of shit. And so many people got hurt in the early oh, days. They didn't know what they were doing. And so they talked about, you know, they, they brought in a military expert to kind of help out with uh, jousting. Because in season one, they completely changed the format of the, of the jousting. It was, it was essentially a flat platform that just folded in the middle. <laughs> then they brought it up to where they had the two little, um, little spiracles oh, okay. <laughs> that you stand on and you do the jousting. Yeah, yeah. And that became like the most popular thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's some interesting thing just cause it's, it's defaulted into the story, but uh, from a filmmaking standpoint and a narrative standpoint, is there anything new or interesting or fresh uh, outside of American gladiators that should bring you into the story? No. What would you rate it? Uh, negative. <laughs> just negative? No, I, I don't know. It's fine. You know, everybody's doing a job. It's just, you know, it, there's nothing terrible. It's content. That's what it sounds like to me, content. <sighs> I know, and I don't, you know. Shout out Brian Lenano. Here's some content for you. Slurp, slurp. Also, yeah, we are, this episode will go up on the 4th of July, so I hope you're out there barbecuing, having Born fun. On the 4th of July. Um, you know, I wish the calendar was invented so we could prepare for these type of things properly. That's right. But it's fine. I know what I'm doing. We're going to be barbecuing, filming Blu-ray Tuesday, and probably watching I Know What You Did Last Summer because that's the best 4th of July movie. My turn. I got three movies for you. I'll be kind of quickish. The first one, we went to a sneak screening out here in the Kabuki Theater, AMC, where... uh it was kind of a nightmare driving out there that we got an email. It's like, you better be there by six 30 or else you're fucked. And we're like, we could do it. We'll leave an hour and a half early. Oh, I just barely got in there. Dropped people off, parked. I gave up. I parked in the garage, but fuck man, San Francisco driving through the city. 
even though it's tiny nightmare, don't do it. I don't recommend it. And then I remembered why I don't like the Kabuki, but then I got out there and I'm like, wait a minute, y'all got Oreo popcorn. They have crushed Oreo cookies and popcorn. And they're like, yeah, we just made a, we made a fresh dude. It was good in a way that, you know, is bad. Sure. Like it it was, it's fantastic. But I'm like, wait a minute. There's literally just crushed Oreos in here. I top it with butter too. Yeah, of course. Thank you. You know, like people don't get it. Yeah. My heart, if it's not hurting, if it's not palpitating, then I'm eating. No, you got to put the butter on. Dude. And, uh, the, the smallest size they had was like a fucking large McDonald's drink. So I'm like, oh my God. Okay, fine. And nobody wanted any. So it was kind of like burdened with this fucking popcorn that was going to kill me. Anyway, you had a very little bit of it. Well, I also think that there was more uh, effort because it looked like the the popcorn kernels were covered in icing. I don't know what they the looked call it. white. Like everything looked like it was frosted. I don't know. It was fantastic. Um, and then Oksana bought a large popcorn, which is, of course, like enough to feed a family. And then Terrell bought a flash popcorn bucket that is textured and lights up. And they said, hey, if you're going to buy that, we'll throw in some elemental cups because nobody came to watch that. <laughs> so he got a couple of those. And then she was like, here, how much popcorn do you want? And she was going to put it in the bucket. And he said, no, don't do that. And she said, OK, well, it's bottomless. So how much do you want? She's like, how about I just give you two trays of popcorn? So he ran over. And he's like, hey, I got you all popcorn. And then we all have too much popcorn. I was like, oh, fuck. What kind of life are you living? <laughs> <laughs> What in the world are we even talking about? <laughs> Dude, it was a fucking gluttony fest of the colonel. And not, not the captain, but uh, the corn colonel. KFC. The KFC. No, and uh, also we all wanted a drink and had no free hands. So we went and put it down, which, of course, we got pushed up to the front because we were one of the late people there. Imagine so that. row two felt right at home. Other people were coming in there, sitting down, going, we can't do this. We got to find a seat in the back. I'm like, okay. Y'all, and they would get up. Like, in your Q zone. <laughs> I know. I was like, this is perfect. And I put shit down and we were going to go get a drink. And I'm like, well, somebody can take it. I'm like, no, we're in row two. People are, it's like fucking garlic to a vampire up here. Um, <laughs> so we came back. And of course, the movie we were watching, which I knew nothing about except the poster that I passed in the hallway, which made me honestly roll my eyes. I was like, all right, this is going to be fucking dumb. Is um, Talk to Me, a new Australian film. When a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. I'll tell you right now, five-star movie. I fucking loved it. It's one of those films where I watch it and I go, I'm a little mad that I didn't have my shit together and uh, started making films because they nailed one of the things that I always wanted, which would be a like Larry Clark kind of, kid drama like there's a lot of kids in there doing shit that you don't normally see kids do on television fentanyl? And not fentanyl we're in australia i don't know if the the chinese got to them yet but they uh they're partying like here let me give you a little bit i don't want to spoil anything in this movie but we got it good because we don't get to see it for a month for a month and i just want to oh by dude, the way sick invite by the way yeah we're well, sure you know what <laughs> thanks Last time we recorded, you said we don't hang out anymore, and that's why you didn't invite me to go see that lame ass movie that Randy's going to go watch again. Cosmic Town, what's it called? What are you, yeah, what are you I, I went. I went Saturday morning <laughs> at ten thirty. Yeah, I know. Sick invite, dude. Yeah, you would not have gone. Sick 
fucking invite. No, no. I probably wouldn't. Have. Yeah, I don't. But wanna, yeah. how's that feel? That you do the same thing? No, these are Hell completely yeah. different. All right. Well, you want to come out Friday or Thursday to see Insidious Five? No. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm not saying that I'm going to say yes, but I mean, you didn't even say anything because I saw this on, on Tuesday at the Alamo, and then oh, Jasani came yeah. in, and he two weeks, and it yeah, already yeah. sold out. Um. And she was like, y'all come to the, you come to the movie? I said, I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh. Yeah. So thanks, right. dude. Appreciate I'll it. I'll add a little violin in the sound. I'm just saying you're a fucking shitty friend. <laughs> okay. That's it. Right back <laughs> at you. Um, so the movie was fantastic, by the way. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, five star. I mean that. Uh, it is. It's that kids vibe mixed with horror. And it's one of those perfect movies where if you remove the horror element, it would still be a great drama. If you remove the drama element, it would still be a very effective horror film. Scary, emotional. Um, Jasadi didn't sit with us. He went to a different seat and sat alone. Why hell yeah. Uh, I think it might have been because we were in row two. That's fair. Where it was just too close, but he regretted it after. Was because, it full? Uh, it was No, it wasn't full, but it was pretty packed. It was that kind of thing where everybody moves to the middle back. But like, we were up in row two, row three was full. And he was off on the edge of that. And... The thing was, there was so much going on from like uh, intense, like kind of visceral gore to intense visceral, visceral emotional moments. And we were like, we, it's a movie that you can't help but emote through. And again, I know that I'm saying it's great. And you're going to go, anybody listening is going to watch and be like, this movie's supposed to be great. And it's not going to perform as good. Try and put it out. Don't watch any trailers. But um, at the end of it, we kind of like, there was like a moment where I'm like, oh, I got to walk over to Jasadi. And Terrell will not let him live down his reaction after Scream 6, where he went up and said, that movie's shit. And Terrell's just like, all right, fuck you. I'm not talking to you then. And Jasadi claims he liked it, but who gives a fuck? In this one, he went, uh, man, this movie fucked me up. Uh, it reminded him of a deeply personal thing that I'm not going to get into here. But yeah, dude, it was really good. I also didn't expect much out of it. I'm like, oh, great. We got a new A24 film. And if you haven't seen the poster, it's a hand coming out of the darkness. It, not full of popcorn. Not full. Of, it's reaching for popcorn. Also, that hand is a prop. Uh, prop of the year. It looks beautiful. It looks lived in. There's a little bit of writing all over it. It doesn't seem contrived. I This definitely was an acquisition because A24 doesn't have this in them to make a movie like that. Uh, fantastic. I loved it. Also, you know. I talked a while back about doing another show with Terrell just to kind of tie together the podcast and Blu-ray Tuesday. And we've recorded like four of them, but we're on camera and nobody wants to put it out there. We did a spoiler episode on this thing. So if it ever comes out, I'll mention it. But at this rate, I don't know if it will, but if it does, I'll let you know. Um, then I watched another movie with Terrell. This one's on Tubi. Also didn't invite Clark. Probably wouldn't have shown up anyway, even though it was just downstairs. And uh, you would have been right, too, because Trap House is a movie that you might expect would be more interesting than it is. When a drug epidemic ravages the city, Detective Grant Pierce decides to take matter into his own hands, going undercover to infiltrate the infamous Trap House, in quotes, a madman's meth lab outfitted with lethal and sadistic booby traps. Oh, I like how booby traps is actually used. I Dude, so it's a trapped trap house. That's a... Perfect. You don't need anything else. It's fucking Corman. Strong. Sell premise. me the title. That's it. How do they fuck this up? How do they fuck this up? 
Tubi, come on. So we have a if one, um, it says horror thriller here on IMDb. It's a fucking action movie, and it's not a good one. There's nothing worse than like an indie action movie. And uh, man, everybody's overacting in this thing. We got a little bit of a saw storyline. So detective, his brother gets, uh, you, you asked about fentanyl earlier. This movie's got a lot of it in there. Yeah. Uh, his brother gets caught <laughs> up in fentanyl use, dies. So he goes rogue. He's going to take down this trap house. Let me ask you a question about Tubi Originals. Uh, I was under the impression that the majority of these are horror. So does it go it outside that of that? Way. And that, like, you know, I, that's why I'm just trying to like get a get an idea of like how they're branding these Tubi Originals. I think Tubi Originals just really try and punch at any niche that is like popping. I think they literally look at like what are people watching and they just try to produce that. But and, like, but like you going into Trap House, did you have the expectations that this was going to be a horror film? Oh yeah, okay. and it, 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 to be fair, it is a horror film, but it's very like action forward. Okay, um, it opens up with a fantastic kill, one that we were all like, "Oh shit, this is gonna be great!" And then you get about a half hour to forty minutes of boring, overacted dialogue. What character? You're like, we already know what this is. You sold me on the fucking title. Why is it taking so long to get in there? Then we get in there and it gets back to the fun. But by that point, you're, you're, I mean, if you own a phone, you're already lost. And, you know, we had a conversation after it's like, maybe if we were like drinking or like, if this were more of a like fun environment, like we were actually watching the movie, which yeah. I think hurt the movie. Um, the the third act, when we get into the trap house, it is fun. They have a set that uh, you're looking at and you're like, oh, man, they really did this thing up. And then uh, one of the actors falls against the wall and they catch themselves on it and they move the wall a little bit. And you're like, oh, and I wish there was more of that. There's not. And honestly, I think it's the only time that happens. The traps are pretty cool. There's a couple of really good kills. There's a few really like, okay kills. There's a couple where you're like, that wouldn't kill you. Why are we lingering here? So is it like a, is it like a saw situation? It's definitely mashed in with that. Yeah. Okay. So in my head, I was thinking, oh, the wire. But then a detective goes in and it's like saw. And we just live in there. But no, it took forever. We're not in there long enough. Um, there's a ton of characters that you don't care about. The lead actor is hamming it up. Oh my God. What is his name? Uh, James M. Calica. He's fucking, I hope he had fun because he was fucking hamming this thing up and I can't, I can't blame him. I mean, we, we talked to somebody, we didn't get to put it on the show who worked with Tubi and he said production was not fun and I think they run a tight ship and power to him. I mean, if this wasn't a Tubi original, I might actually be championing it for being an indie success, but knowing that they had a crew and production and title and a platform, it's like, how did you? How did you fuck this up? The worst the, kill is the Tubi booby trap. The worst kill, you tubi know, trap. in, um, I'd like that. The Tubi, Tubi or not Tubi trap Ooh, house. That didn't work. <laughs> Erase that, Randy. Um, Randy, work on the stinger. So here, here, you know, in Resident Evil, the first one, did you watch that movie? No, probably not. Okay. Bad choice. Anyway, there's a moment where a uh, character is moving through a hallway and then lasers come and he dodges them and then they come back and there's more and he dodges them. And they come back and they break into a grid and he goes, fuck you and dies. And he gets cut up into little cubes. Yeah. They they tease at that. But instead of lasers, they have really thin wires that honestly, if they would have used fishing 
line, it would have been more effective for like monofilament. But this girl kind of crawls through it until she just stops. And then we're it's like, oh, is she dead? Because she's just laying on wire right now. Mm. Yeah. Uh, good job. Don't watch Trap House or do watch it and complain about it. And I'll talk to you about Can it. Can I guess how many stars? <laughs> Take a guess. I'll say two. I think I'd, yeah, I think two. I think I already rated it. I think I did too. Because I did not like it and I wouldn't recommend it. I w- that's what I was saying. I was like, I was in that weird zone between two and two and a half, but I don't remember. Y- I don't f- feel like two and a half is a very it common. It had good uh, kills. So yeah. I thought about it. I okay. did briefly, but I'm like, I can- ultimately, I can't recommend it. And then last movie, um, we do have an uh, episode in the can for Thursday. And in it, I mentioned how last night me and Oksana were on Tubi looking up their found footage horror subgenre in their category. And we picked two movies that were not found footage. So we were feeling a little burnt. And we're like, should we just watch something that we don't expect to be found footage? Because I don't turn off films. Yeah. But it's like. If the format is wrong, I was kind of already locked in for that. And I, we even talked about it. I was like, honestly, if this, if we didn't think it was going to be found footage, we'd probably keep watching this particular movie. I think one of them was called La Casa and the other one I can't remember. But the House. Yeah. And I'm like, I probably would keep it on, but I don't want to fucking watch it because it's not in world camera. So I was stubborn. I went up and I found another movie. Knew nothing about it. Although I'm sure some of you are going to yell at uh, whatever listening device you're using right now. I found a movie called Marui, Marui Video. I think that's how you say it. Marui. I believe it is Korean because the director's name is Yoon Joon Hyong. And uh, it's an hour and a half, which was a little bit risky to get into at 11.50 last night. Yeah. The video evidence of the murder, which is especially brutal and graphic that shouldn't, re- shouldn't release to public. A reporter who has access to the prosecutor's office hears about a cursed tape in the video archive and begins reporting on it. That's the kind of clunky utility title, like description that only could belong to a found footage movie. So I felt good committing to it. And um, uh, it's it's good. I I'll cut to the chase here in case you want to watch it and you don't want me to like even hint at a spoiler or anything. The third of the ending, I was not thrilled with only because the ride to get there was so much fun. It, this is a mixed media buffet. It, um, we were talking a lot of true crime and Netflix and this movie has the sheen. So the idea here, Charlie, it's got the Charlie. Um, <laughs> This has the vibe of somebody making kind of like Lock Henry. Like there's a lot of production put into the the filming of the documentary. But much like Norai the Curse, the documentary was never finished. So I want to thank Yoon Jun for adding one thing. This is what I ask of all found footage movies. Just one prompt that said, hey, we found an empty van with a bunch of footages in it. I don't know why they made it plural, but it said there was a bunch of footages in here. I love it. And uh, we edited it together. The end, period. There, that's why it's edited. That's why it looks so good. That's why there's post-production. That's all I needed. Also, the level of post-production makes it feel like Netflix found it, <laughs> edited it, and put it out. They did not give a fuck about the people involved. Um, this is a twisty mystery movie. On IMDb, it says horror mystery thriller. Oh, my God. Now... I think I watch movies a little bit different than other people. I just, I like to look at the frame aesthetics. I like to pick up on a vibe. 
when you add subtitles in there, it kind of throws a, a wrench into my shit, but it's fine. When you throw in subtitles and you move a mile a minute and there's so much shit in here that if you blink, you're like, wait, where are we now? How did, how did they get to that house? Wait, that murder was in an inn. What? I, like literally I had to rewind it at one point to be like, how did we get there? That literally happened. Yeah. So me and Oxon had to team up and kind of like keep track. Um, it was worth it. The, the, the mystery is worth diving into and the aesthetics are good, but I'm telling you, be awake, have a cup of coffee, coffee with this. We did start it at 1150 last night and we had to tap out. And honestly, the next day today, when we started it, we restarted it because I'm like, I was awake, but I'm sure I missed shit. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't really want to get too much into what goes on here. Because and this it's is all a Tubi. Right. It, uh, no. Where is this available, Oksana? I think I looked it up before. If I'm being honest, I was a little mad last night after Tubi burned me. They burned me and it fucking hurt. So you know what I did? I took to a torrent site and I said, let me find me a fucking found footage movie. Understood. Little did I know that it was 2023 that this came out. So it's new. That was brand new. Um, oh, it is on um, Apple TV for $6. Uh, hey, it's worth it. Okay. I'm telling you right now. if you For, for rental or purchase? I don't know. It's just this from $5.99. Okay. That sounds like a uh, rental situation. So it's available. Um, give them some money. I will. They need to come out with the physical copy because I would buy it. Um, yeah, it's good. It's kind of in vain if you need something to compare it to. It's got the like the look of like, um, oh... Yeah, like a like a true crime thing on Netflix is fine. It's really polished, which actually helps juxtapose the in-camera shit. So when they're when they're on location with the directional light looking around with the fucking uh shaman, that shit feels very There's a Korean shaman? It this feels a lot like incantation, but not Oh, not, I remember that movie. Yeah, but it's different. So, you know, keep that in mind, but it, it gave me like Slight Noroi. For sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the idea of like some documentarian uh, died making the documentary. Should we continue? Except Noroi's about that journey where this is kind of like, it feels like a cold corporate entity. Yeah. Just like, we don't care. Well, I mean, just from, just from like the procedural standpoint of it all, you know, um, cause like Noroi, that's over two hours and you, and it is, you know, it's the epic of found footage. This one is 90 minutes long. Which was also, it's a bonus. It's good. Uh, watch it. And it's, Randy, it's not American, so you might dig it. Not American. Damn. You mentioned Again, there's happy a, for, you mentioned there's a, a, a cursed tape in this. I'll also say in uh, the Boots Riley show, I'm a Virgo, there is a cursed episode of a cartoon television show, which takes place in the world of the uh, show as well. Man, I really want to watch tight. that. I just wish it wasn't a TV show. I remember Terrell told me about it first and he said, there's a black show about a tall man. Who's a Virgo. I'm a black man. I'm tall and I'm a Virgo. And That's I funny. said, okay. And, and I was like, dude, I'm going to watch it. And then I was like, no, oh, it's a TV show. I can't yeah, but do that, that. Think of it as a, a three and a half hour movie that has breaks. It's the, it's the story arcing. It, it starts to, I think about it too much where it's like, you know, Every episode needs its own art. What it's dumb. I'm a huge fan of Degrassi, and I watched all of that. So what? Yeah, I did. It's never come up. I just thought I would out myself Christ. again today. Um, also, Randy, I 
you know, I took a bunch of notes on this and then I backed uh-huh. off of it. But the the premise of this movie, like the, why the documentary started, there's a. This is interesting enough. I'll put it out there. And again, this comes up immediately. There was a murder and a bunch of prosecutors were looking at the footage begin because it's their job. And it became known among that small group of prosecutors that this tape was cursed because they thought they saw a ghost in it. And I'm like, what a weird launch pad for a fucking found footage movie. So the way it opens is that one of the documentarians knows somebody who works in the prosecutor's building. And she's like, I think I could get that tape for you. And they're like, let's do it. I don't, yeah, I don't know why I thought you would find that interesting, Randy. <laughs> prosecutors thought the tape was haunted. It's pretty cool. Hmm. It is funny, too, because the, the tape is a murder. It's a dude with his like girlfriend and he's filming. And oh, then, why don't you show it your next film you festival? Know, but it's a murder. <laughs> but that's not why the prosecutors were talking about it. It's because they thought they saw a face in the mirror. Um, and it's like, <laughs> like literally in the foreground, there's a dude who's like crying with a dead body on the ground. And they're like, do you see that in the mirror? I, I, <laughs> I get it. I do the same thing. <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, it looks like a ghost. And it looks like he's dressed like in our uniform from school. Never mind this crime that's happening. Yeah, I know. Well, they're they're completely numb to that. If they were a mortician, they'd be eating a sandwich over the body. I have never I've never come across that actually. What do you in real life? Yeah. In, in and, TV. And, and here's why I mean I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. Um I know my dad didn't do it because I straight up asked him like when I was a kid. Oh. He's like, no. And here's why. Have you ever smelled formaldehyde? I I always wondered that. It's really bad. What about like embalming fluid? You that's that's what it is. Okay, it's, yeah. you don't you don't you don't really get used to it. But the stench of a dead body, like, and that's why you'll see if like you know, um, do you remember in the Silence of the Lambs they did it? They put the shit under their nose. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do that too. So I think it's talcum powder, maybe. But um, you still wouldn't want to eat with that shit under no, there. No, yeah. No. 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 But every fucking episode of television or in a movie, whenever somebody is talking to a detective over a dead body. Well, I mean, it was uh, in one of the greatest films uh, in recent memory uh, from the year 2000, Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, God. Vinnie Jones plays a guy who, uh, you know, know Vinnie Jones, big, uh, he's a big. More of a Vinnie Chase guy. If there's like a (laughs) six foot five brutish British guy in a British gangster movie, it's more likely Vinnie Jones. I Googled him. You know that guy. Yeah. He plays a mortician who's who's always eating sandwiches off dead bodies in the movie. Oh my god, look at the movies. Uh what do you mean? Look at the greatest (laughs) movies of all time? Lock, stock, two smoking barrels, snatch, mean machine, gone in sixty seconds, Euro trip, dude. And then she's the man. I own one of those movies. Which one? She's the man. Yep. <laughs> I own, and you said I didn't like comedy, dude. Uh, well, I would not say that how Amanda Bynes is living her life currently <laughs> is a comedy because it's quite sad. I need some real drama with my comedy. I, I is she getting taken care of now? Actually, I think, I think she got uh, she got collected. Oh, I mean, we did you not hear the, the last thing that happened? Oh, d- I don't know. Every time the last thing that happened seemed like it was going to be. It. She was naked one, on the streets of Los Angeles. Okay. One day Somewhere ago, happy. she checked out a mental hospital. Okay. Oh, and then Randy took her to a movie. Because that was about two weeks ago. <laughs> so she's been in there for a couple of weeks. <laughs> That's good. Good job. <laughs> Very nice. 
He's like, she kind of ruined it. Yeah, she, <laughs> she just came from the Brookline, Massachusetts Institute of Mental Health. <laughs> she showed up naked. I thought it was a little <laughs> weird. <laughs> Wes Anderson fan. She does strike me as one. Hell yeah. Um, also, would that movie even be kosher nowadays? She's the man. <laughs> I feel like you would, there'd be a little riot outside even, the Alamo. I feel even more. <laughs> you know? Even sure. more. Yeah, yeah. Even more. All right. Well, right. happy 4th of July, everybody. Oh, we did it? Hell yeah. I'll make my 4th of July resolution. I will invite Clark to every movie from here on forward <laughs> in which he will deny me and I will share it. With yes, everybody. because, because I, again, it's what you've done is that you've, you've robbed me from my favorite thing. Yeah, which I is know. First rights of refusal. Dude. That's it. The, the, yeah. Honestly, uh, I'll share a little story with all you. We almost forgot about it completely. Not surprising. Yeah, I know. It was day of and we're like, fuck. And I think Chuggy wanted to go and I'm like, oh, we didn't invite you here. You want to try? And then and then he did not survive the mall shooting. R.I.P. Chuggy. <laughs> oh, too much for you? Too much? All right. No, it's just you, you take things in directions that. Uh... I'm keeping you on your toes. No. Right, are we done? It's hot up here. It is a little warm. And I think we did it. So, Randy, I want you to find a special way to tell our listeners goodbye. Stay tuned for Thursday's episode. I want you to sell Thursday's episode. Sell it really hard, okay? We really need to hit those numbers. Sure. Well, you know it's going to be a great episode because even though I don't talk on interview episodes, I'm not on this one. So, if I'm not there, you're listening. We'll see you next week. (laughs) What? (laughs) No, if I'm not there, you should be. We'll see you next week. See, I'm the salesman. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.